Hey friends, this is Kevin from Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We just recorded an entire episode and then I realized when I went to listen to it that I had forgotten to turn on my microphone. Again, I do this more often than you would think. Anyway, I apologize. We can't re-record it, so it's going to have to be what it is. So I apologize once again, but on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Matt Curtis, pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. And I'm Kevin Sheehan, associate pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. To, welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> we got confused over who was going to say that. It was in yellow, man. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is August 16th, 2021. As we are recording this, we'll probably not post this for a little while, actually. Um, just the way our schedules work right now. Uh, but we did want to say, again, it's August 16th right now. So by the time this posts, things could be really different. But in the news very recently, um, just in the last couple of days, I forget when exactly it was, but a fairly major earthquake hit Haiti. And meanwhile, over in Afghanistan, the Taliban is closing in on the capital of Kabul uh, and is in control of much of the country. And we're just reading about just some of the atrocities that are already happening and will probably continue to happen in Afghanistan as well. It's just the ongoing suffering of the people in Haiti who have already been through so many devastating events, both in terms of weather and geology, as well as political assassinations. And it's just a grievous, grievous time for both of those places. Yeah, I agree. So I, maybe what we should do, Kevin, is maybe we just pray for Afghanistan and Haiti. We'll just, I mean, I don't know that anything we have to say about those situations is going to be edifying or helpful, but maybe um, if our listeners would uh, just join us in just praying for those countries. And so I'm just going to pray. Why don't we do that? Yeah. Uh, Lord God, thank you uh, that you are sovereign over everything. And we pray that your sovereign hand would be on the nations of Afghanistan and Haiti and Haiti as they are devastated yet again by an earthquake. Would you give the leaders their wisdom and skill as they lead their people? Would you give the rescue operation success? Would you uh, preserve life as much as possible? And for the church in Haiti, would you uh, enable it to stand tall as they reach out and seek to meet needs and present the gospel? So Lord, would you, would you work this out for good? And Lord, uh, in Afghanistan, it's just there's atrocity after atrocity after atrocity happening as uh, there's just the Taliban is uh, seizing control. Uh, would you uh, rule and reign there and would you bring about justice, Lord? And you only, only you, frankly, are wise enough to sort out what's happening there. And so would you uh, bring justice and would you protect uh, the citizens there from the atrocities that are happening and for the church, Lord, would you help us to just make this a matter of uh, our knowing our desperation for you, that, we, that really only you uh, are able to mend uh, the brokenness there. And so, Lord God, we love you and commit uh, Afghanistan and Haiti to your sovereign care. Oh, Lord God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's so hard in situations like this to know what to do. You know, we, yeah. we sit here and we read about it and we lament and Maybe we do something on social media to to express that, but 
Which is almost never helpful. This is yeah. there's just there's just sort of a helplessness that goes along with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Haiti is just a country that's just gone through so much. Well, they've been through this earthquake thing before. Yeah, like 10 like, years ago, they had an earthquake. Yeah. They've had devastating tropical storms. Yeah. I mean, they just can't seem to catch a break. Yeah, the problem they're going to have is clean water. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of many problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Afghanistan. I mean, one of my kind of random hobbies is Central Asian history, so I've actually read pretty fair amount about I mean, you know, the, the way one does, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could give you a couple books that would be great uh, primers for just understanding what's going on there. But yeah, um, it's yeah, it's just it's been a mess for centuries, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it was a very predictable mess, and uh, it's just such a such a tragedy yeah. and such a difficult thing to understand, especially you know through Western eyes. Like we just yeah. we just don't get it. Um, yeah, and just refrain from reductive soundbite post. Like they just don't. Yeah, yeah as you I said, mean, it, it it's it, incredibly complex, incredibly complicated. Yeah. And I mean, bottom line, I mean, whatever our you know uh, political take is on it, uh, the bottom line is people are going to suffer. Yeah, they just are, and women and children probably more than any other group. It, yeah. I, I, I was like, what, you know, what can you even say at that point other than yeah. just to, just to lament and cry out to God? Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's anything to do. I mean, maybe there are, maybe there will be refugees that we can take in in some way. I mean, maybe if your, your locality is considering that you can. Yeah. I think it's way to too influence too, that, but it's I, way I too know. soon and fresh to even begin to consider those kinds of questions. Um, because we don't, we don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, we just don't have any idea. And so I, I think it's just better. Like we said at the top, man, just pray. Pray for those nations. Ask God to rule and reign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, we're, we're going to take a break, and then we'll get into uh, the heart of the podcast today. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. It's Matt and Kevin. We're still talking church. We just began the podcast with just reflecting on in the situations in Afghanistan and Haiti. And by the time you hear this, we're recording on August 16th. The situation may have evolved quite a bit, hopefully for the better. Uh, we'll see. Um, we'll keep praying that it's for the better. But we did want to follow up on last week's uh, podcast in which we talked about the differences between expositional and topical preaching. Uh, we hope that was helpful, sort of a guide to um, so understanding the, the, what goes into preaching a little bit more. And hopefully it's helpful just as, as you listen. Uh, maybe some of you out there are preachers yourselves or teachers, and we'll be able to somehow include that in your ministry. But I did want to follow up a little bit on it. You know, sometimes we go back and listen to these things and we realize, oh, I wish I had said that, or I wish, <laughs> wish I had said this. Sometimes you mean every episode we've ever done ever. Well, so, there's sometimes more blatant yeah. examples than others. Yeah. But yeah. as I was listening to it, I guess one thing I, I kind of kept coming back to was, you know, again, in many instances, we kind of pit expositional and topical against each other as if they're sort of opposites or, you know, and, and even worse, as if one is good and one is bad. And uh, I think what we're trying to bring out last week is that it's a little more nuanced than that. Uh, and as I was thinking about it, uh, you know, I think part of it is that expositional and topical preaching perhaps isn't quite so black and white. There's a little more of a gray area there in terms of distinguishing between the two. And I think part of that comes from 
um, the series that I'm working through now, which is the series on spiritual disciplines. And my most recent sermon I gave was on the discipline of service. And I preached from John 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And it kind of struck me that, you know, I'm basically doing a topical series, talking about this discipline and that discipline and then the other. But had I been going through John expositionally and gotten to chapter 13, I would have preached a very similar sermon to what I preached yesterday, even though it was more of a topical approach. You know what I mean? I think the categories of expositional and topical are helpful categories to have. And uh, yeah. I'm not necessarily prepared to go, well, it's just sort of gr- it's gray and it's squishy and they're really the same thing. Um, I- I'm not. I don't think the same thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not, I know you're not, I'm just saying I'm not there. Um, I think the re I, as we said offline, I I think the reason you preach John 13, the same in a topical series that you would have, if you were just going through John has more to do with your orientation and your orientation is that you're going to teach expositionally, regardless of whether you're in a topical framework or not. Um, and, and I think some guys who would self-identify as topical preachers, I'm thinking of guys like Andy Stanley or Stephen Frutick or whatever, like they would not frame it that they, they would not have that same framework. And, and so I, I think having those, when someone says, do you favor expositional or topical preaching? I mean, that's what they're really asking. They're asking, do you have more in common with Andy Stanley's, Andy Stanley's philosophy of preaching or with Mark Devers? Like, that's what they're asking. They're not yeah. um, right. they're not going, well, that's I mean. And so um, and, and and so I think what we're really trying to do is if your pastor or your church is is in a topical series, listen for are they doing it in an expositional way? What's their orientation? Because that's going to tell you something in general about what their orientation about the Bible is. And, and cards on the table, I do think one orientation is better than the other one. Yeah, I agree um, with you. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like I, I just do. Um, yeah. With with apologies to Andy Stanley. But like, <laughs> I, I, but like I, you know, because, you know, yeah. he's listening. Right. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, uh, hey, we'll have I, him like, on next time. And he can yeah, like, in. yeah, like I, I just do. And so, um. You know, I, unapologetically, um, I favor, and I know you do too. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess, it, I guess, uh, you yeah, maybe there's a, a differentiation here too between approach versus individual sermons. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, uh, again, both of our approaches, in terms of like, okay, how am I going to think through my preaching ministry? How am I going to think through you know the the series that I do? Is it going to be a series of topics or is it going to be a series of books, you know, or larger passages? Um, we're generally going to think through books, usually. You know, yeah. it might be something different for like Advent or Lent or like what we're doing now. Yeah, we're sort of, we're sort of between two time. series. Yeah. Uh, but, but generally, because of the things we said last time, like that way we, I think we're truer to uh, scripture. I think we're truer to fulfilling the call to preach the full counsel of God, not just the parts that we like. But, you know, so there's a differentiation between, you know, approaches, expositional or topical approaches. Um, that's probably a little more uh, distinct. Uh, but I guess what I was kind of getting at earlier is that individual sermons, though, 
it might be harder to distinguish, wait, is it topical or is this exposition? Like if you just dropped in on my sermon yesterday and that was the first time you've been here, like, wait, are they doing a series on John or are they, you know, doing a topical series on spiritual disciplines? Yeah. And I think that has to do with the idea that all preaching is local in the end. Do you, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like if you, if I'm just, li- if I'm, if I live in, you know, Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm tuning into Kevin Sheehan in Pennsylvania, listen, that's great. Um, but you're not a part of, he's not, they're not part of your church. You're not. And so, yeah, all of that stuff's going to be hard to be recognized. There's, you're going to talk about things. It's not going to really, I mean, I can't remember if we touched on this last time or not, but um, like that, that, that has to do with the locality and the local nature of preaching. I think it has part to do with not just how we select our sermon series, but then how do we attack a particular sermon? Attack is probably the wrong word. Prepare. Let's go with prepare. Uh, Kevin's feeling hostile today. And that you and I, 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 <laughs> I think you and I would be, because we're, because we're exegetical as well. And so that just means we try to draw out meaning from the text. Right. You know, so even when I do a topical sermon, I'm still going to grab the passage and then exegete or draw out from the text its meaning. Yeah. You know, so I chose that passage because of the topic and the topic being service, you know. And so I chose the passage of Jesus washing their feet as a good place to start. But I'm still trying to draw out meaning from it. And, you know, so I, I spent some time sort of exegeting, you know, a handful of verses from it. Um, yeah. Not the fullness of it because it different purpose than usual so again i think this maybe i'm just saying the same thing you just said in a different way as so often happens here on the podcast um but i i think it goes to orientation listen some churches like they have a meeting where they go okay um the people in our community need to hear about like how debt is bad so we're going to do a series on debt and how you shouldn't go into debt because you know if you go into debt it'll ruin your marriage i mean i mean i mean that kind of thing and that so they're trying to like match up a felt need with you know sound advice or teaching right right um where you and i would have an orientation that goes what we need is not good advice but good news (laughs) and uh, the good news is going to be found in the scriptures and so we're going to like you or i would never in a million years go okay let's do a series of five keys to you know, better under ba- underwater basket weaving. I mean, I'm giving, I'm giving an absurd example, but like, 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 like at your church or my church, you're not going to hear five steps to a better marriage. Like you're not going to hear that. You, you, you're not going to hear come for this next six weeks and hear six ways you too can dare to be a Daniel. Like that's not like, that's yeah, yeah. like, I mean, like that, that's not something we're going to do. And so it's about the orientation. One is about trying to meet needs which, which in and of itself isn't bad. I just think it can lead to some bad places. And the other is an orientation that's wanting the text to speak and trusting that God and his sovereignty is going to use the text to meet needs. Right. I was going to say like, that last I, line particularly. It's not that we're, not, it's not, it's not that we're against meeting needs, but, yeah. it fl- but it flows from the text. It flows yeah. from God's revealed word. It flows. It's, yeah. it's in that context. So even so that's been kind of one of the challenges of this series that I'm doing. And really, whenever I've done a topical sermon, that's always one of the challenges. 
Yeah, especially with this one, it's spiritual discipline. So the challenge has been not to just sound legalistic or, hey, you got to do this. You got to do this yeah. more, you know, uh, and, and, and try to make you feel guilty and try to just, you know, do more. So the yeah. challenge has always been to do it in such a way that um, one exalts the Lord, uh, that shows his goodness, that, that makes us want to live for him uh, because of what he's done for us. You know, so yeah. the, talking about service yesterday in the sermon, it's, you know, I went to the suffering servant passage of Isaiah 53. And Jesus as the servant, the suffering servant who, you know, bears our iniquities, is crushed for our iniquities. And yeah. by his wounds, we're healed. You know, so there's so much gospel in that. You know what I mean? And so yeah, hopefully the overall thrust of the, of the sermon is not, boy, I got to do better. I really got to do better at this discipline or at this yeah. whatever. I mean, there might be a place to say that, but, but yeah, you want to be Well, sure. There's always like it. an exhortation to do that. And that was in yeah. there too. But I hope the overall thrust is that, my, we serve a great God. Yeah. What can I do for him? You know, so the exhortation or the encouragement comes out of the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Because God is who he is and God has done what he's done. Therefore, and this is how Paul's epistles work, right? You start with the truths of who God is and what he's done, and then you move into, therefore, act this way, yeah. but never losing sight of the good news of the gospel. And so maybe that's where, again, talking about like approaches that are different. Um, yeah. Whereas we're not going to just go like, yeah, here's five steps to a better you, but here's the gospel. And maybe one of the application points is five steps to a better you, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, Cause there's, cause there's ways in which because preaching is local, we can, we can make application points and exhortations and challenge people in a certain way. Yeah. But only after we've sort of proclaimed the word of God and, and shown his goodness and his glory. And then in that context, that opens us up to be able to do some of those other things that should not take priority over yeah. those, those first things. Well, Again, I think that goes to an orientation. I mean, I'm a broken record today, I guess. But <laughs> what you just said about application coming after explaining the text, that's a whole orientation and a whole like that. Those are two very different approaches to scriptures, right? In fact, when I'm teaching how to study the Bible, which I'm often doing from the pulpit because there aren't a lot of other venues in my context, I'm always saying, hey, look. Our, our flesh wants to skip to application because we want to get to the point that to the well, where's the part about me? Right. When I walk out of here, um, what do I do? Right. And, 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 and we want to skip to that part first. But if you don't do the other stuff first, the explaining of the text and what it means, you're apt to get the application part wrong and potentially have a potentially do harm. Um, right. In which is one of the dangers of an orientation around, and by that I mean an orientation around topical rather than expositional, is because it tends to do it the other way around. What's the need I can address? Yeah. And how can I? And how can I? Like, what's? How can I help you be a better whatever? Um, that's an error in Bible study methods. That's an error. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, um, I was I was thinking of uh, you know Von Roberts' book God's Big Picture, which we would recommend as a resource. Yes, we would. Yep. And, and that's sort of based off of Graham Goldsworthy's book uh, Gospel and Kingdom. 
Yep. Graham Goldsworthy, right? friend of the podcast. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> well, we, we like his books, so I'm claiming. We that. like his books. Does that make him a friend of the podcast? Yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure he's dead. C.S. Lewis, friend oh. of the podcast. <laughs> yep. Apostle yep. Paul, friend of the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so those yeah. books, I mean, sort of the main thrust of those books is that the way to sort of understand scripture is to first understand the timeless principles that are at work in every passage. Right. Once you understand the timeless principles, you can understand the timely application. Yeah. But if you do the application first, then you, then you miss it. And you might have the right application, but in another context, then you'll, you'll miss it because you haven't done the root work of getting down to the foundation and the principles that are at play. Yeah. Right. And once you understand the principles, it's a lot easier to do application. Yeah. So that's why we, we preach the gospel first and say, okay, here's what's true well, about God and who he is and what he's like. And then you can almost just intuit. You almost don't even need the specifics of the situation to understand yeah. well, what comes next. There's that. And there's a, there's a heart orientation that's important. The, the book is, the Bible is a book about who? God, right? Primarily, it's his self-revelation. Right. And if you're having like what Jen Wilkin calls like the Xanax approach to scripture, right? Like I need, I need my hit of encouragement today. That's a self-orientation. Like that, that, that's not coming to like encounter the God as he's revealed himself in scripture. Um, so, uh, I think approaching sermons, we, we can approach sermons in a Xanax way as well. I'm just looking for the piece of encouragement I need to get through my week. When no, like the, the scriptures being heralded, God's going to speak. Yeah. And, and it may well be encouraging and it may well get you through your week, but it's, you know, it, it, it's not, a, it's not an, it's not, a, the Bible's not an answer book. It's not about us primarily. It's primarily God's revelation of himself. And I think both as like preachers and as students of the Bible, which covers everybody to one way or another, it's how we approach the scripture or how we approach a sermon, whether hearing or proclaiming, um, that really makes the difference. That's what I'm interested in, I guess. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I don't know if you do this, but when I'm preparing a sermon, I kind of have a checklist of things that I, that I go through at different points in the process. Very type A. Um, yeah, maybe, uh, but it's helpful for me to make sure I stay, you know, within the guardrails. But, you know, one of the, one of the questions that I ask, and this was, uh, some professor of mine, I think said this a while back, but one of the checklist questions is, did Christ have to die for this sermon to be true? Did Christ have to die for this sermon to be true? Hmm. In other words, if I, if I can preach a sermon and not even mention the cross, then there might be a problem. Maybe. This, I mean, we could, we could probably find some examples I mean, where that's not the case, but it's, but it's just a, it's a helpful way of reminding me uh, to make sure that, that, that is central. Again, yeah. I'm not worried about figuring out some, some exceptions to the rule there, but, it, but yeah. it's just a helpful way of thinking. It's like, okay. Um, it, you know, again, kind of what you're saying, like Christ is primary. Like that's, that's yeah. Uh, that comes before like, what does this, what does this mean to me? Yeah, because part of the preacher's task, well, you know, more towards the end of my preparation, is more how will this sound to my congregation? What what does this do for my congregation? Does it comfortly afflict it? Does it afflict the comfortable? Uh, yeah. How does this sound to sort of different demographics in my congregation? 
So that's kind of more towards the end of preparation, but the beginning of the beginning of preparation, the early part of the week, is more. What is the text saying? How is God revealing Himself? You know, where is Christ in this? What does this say about the nature of broken and fallen humanity, and the goodness of God? Yeah. You know, those are the sorts of questions that that get us get us started, and and then we can figure out, okay, what is my local church? What does my congregation need to hear from yeah. this? What are the things I need to highlight to be most profitable for them? Yeah. You know, that's good. You've been listening to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We hope that what you've heard has been helpful and edifying and not too much inside baseball, just two preachers talking about the craft. But uh, for those of you that are here for it, um, we're praying for you. Um, if if you have uh, questions you'd want us to answer, or maybe you have a comment you'd like to add to the conversation we'd love that uh, you can email us at matt and kevin talk church at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter at mktc as always we're grateful for any kind of engagement from our listeners if you wanted to give uh, a review or maybe share it with your friends on social media we'd be most appreciative so with that being said i'm matt and i'm kevin and we've been talking church and preaching be warm and be fed <laughs>